everyone and welcome to Nice to Meet You. This is your host Simone and this is a podcast of conversations with friends and strangers where we talk about life and lessons learned along the way. So today we have with us Marcus and Marcus if you can introduce yourself and tell everybody how we met. Well first off when you edit this you have to add in a, a blowhorn. Like, as soon as you say Marcus it has to be like burr, 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 burr. like I always wanted that. Um, my name is Marcus Moody aka Moody. Um, you said, where am I born? Where was I born? Um, how we met. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. It's only one We're going to get into that. Um, but how we met. We met at Soul Programs. Um, they're awesome uh, series that they have going on. I think it's called the Soul Series. Um, and they asked me in the Hip Hop Orchestra, the DMV HHO, uh, the DMV Hip Hop Orchestra to come out and play something and perform for a little bit. And you pulled up. That's yeah. where we met. Appreciate you for showing up, dude. Yeah, no, I've, I've been to one of your concerts before. So, um, where are you from? Where am I from? That's a hard question. Um, I was born in Wisconsin. I've lived in Virginia, D.C., Delaware, Maryland. Um, I've lived in all of the DMVs and two Ds. Um, but I am based in Maryland, um, raised in Columbia, but like, I live out of College Park, and I've worked in D.C. for like the last... Um, five years now. Yeah. Um, learned a lot about the city. So I, I tell myself and everyone, basically I'm from the DMV, but yeah. if there's a Wait, So why did you like move around so much? Um, parents. Um, first I was born in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and then parents split and my mom got a super dope job in the government down right. here. So we moved over here. My dad's a preacher, found a church over in Maryland oh, as well. Okay. So, and then my dad moved around a lot, getting remarried, and my mom just like kind of stayed in Columbia and she actually just um great news she just sent me a photo of the house she's building um, oh lord yeah I want to build a house when I get my mom came older. up she's dope <laughs> <laughs> like Wait. she's like the, I think the house will be done like the structure of the house is done and then everything else on the inside will be finished up in like three weeks oh, word. so I get to go see like that'll be like big mama's house yeah you know what I mean like I can't wait for that okay I like saw the tour house uh, the test house you just see like the grandbabies running around, <laughs> you know, like all the, all the big mama's house. So grandbabies, like, like whose whose children? Like your kids? I ain't gonna kids. No, I'm saying like like I don't know. You know when you go into space, you can see like how yeah. amazing it can be and like what would make it amazing. And like, so are you an only sibling? No, I got I got an older brother. He's oh, okay. Twenty. He, wow, he's about to be um, twenty nine now. In, in like two weeks, you got any siblings? Yeah, I have an older brother. How old? He's 26. Where was your favorite place to live? Where's my favorite place to live? Yeah. Um, well, when did you get to, down to, like, the DMV? I was, like, six. Oh, okay. So it's, like, kind of hard to remember. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different stuff that I really like. Like, I miss different things about each space that I lived in. Like, Wisconsin. I was young, but, like, I remember in the winter when we have snow days, like, they went. <laughs> we didn't. But, no, we didn't get off school. It was, like, snow oh. days were really intense snowball fights. Like yeah. At, at recess. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the snow plows would get the snow off of the concrete and then would make these huge mounds that would turn into, like, our forts. Yeah. And, like, I just remember just being out there, just having the time of my life. Yeah, it doesn't snow much down here. It's no. kind of disappointing. No, I mean, it wouldn't, honestly, I think when we moved here, it was, like, within those first few years was when we got snowmageddon. So it was almost like the universe was trying to make me feel at home <laughs> in Maryland. I know it's kind of like narcissistic to, to feel, yeah. but like, I don't know. It, it really, I'm going to use the word interesting. <laughs> I feel like if, if I hadn't 
if that snowstorm hadn't happened, I would probably feel a, a lot different about Maryland, honestly. Because, mm. like, you know, everything's different here. Um, D.C., I just love being in the city. I actually live in New York part-time now. Um, and I think in terms of being independent and just free from a bunch of stuff, including, like, just bullshit. Like, I just, I don't know, New York is cool. It just yeah. feels like it's a place where you can walk around anonymously yeah with a bunch of agency that like is noticed at a good amount and like yeah. i've been to new york a couple times I have a friend that lives up there i um i couldn't see myself living there i guess i feel like it's just too big like i guess what you're talking about is like the other side of it being too big where it's like yeah. the agency is like you know like you can just walk around and not be known you're just like, dropping the water you know yeah. what i'm saying like i just i like that especially yeah. where i'm at right now where i'm trying to really hide or like draw back from a lot of things especially like old relationships old you know habits behaviors thought processes and just being in a city like that where there's so much stuff to to think about to be around to be stimulated by so what made you move up to new york i wanted to extend the opportunities for the hho um i wanted to and since the people don't know what that is like could you explain more about that yeah yeah it's like um <laughs> so the hho is code for the hip-hop orchestra which is short for um the dmv hip-hop orchestra um it's my baby um created it compose for it conduct for it um direct it market it everything book it manage yeah. it um expanding the team but um like we have a new composer who uh, we just played his first draft of his first piece today oh. and um or his first arrangement it's of a cosmic blusive song and that feeling of like I didn't do this, but like we're still using it, mm -hmm. and like I have somebody to look to to do these things in the future. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. Moving to New York, how are you like using New York as an opportunity to advance this? There's a good relationship between people in New York and people in the DMV. Mm -hmm. It's just that people in the DMV are a lot more low key because mm -hmm. there's so many more eyes on New York. So, um, for a specific example. Um, I know uh, someone who runs a PR firm down here. Um, that person also runs PR for a number of different organizations. Um, one of them holds, you know, I guess parties up in New York sometimes. Um, and then I just see, he's like, yo, we have this going on. And he'll send me, like, information for a yeah. party. So, like, one day um, I randomly hit him up because I saw he was in New York. So, and then he goes, yo, come to, come to this party. And, like, it's a release party for like Rico Love. Okay. And, I don't um, know who that is. I don't listen to music. So. He's, he's, a, he's a rising R&B star. Like he's, okay, well, he's, he, you know, sticks in that industry bubble, but like still is him, mm -hmm. which I respect. Um, so anyway, I end up at this party and then like I leave because I'm like, all right, I'm literally talking to the person who coordinated the party. I'm meeting Rico Love, who's at the center of everything. Like, I'm meeting all these people who are around this person and, you know, just I'm, I'm learning how the quote unquote industry works. Because yeah. like, my God, when I tell you, it's just a matter of like a lot of the things that you hear people saying about like um, how people, you know, like show up, show out and like how like flashy some people can get or how like very like low key some people are and like the conversations you have between like that spectrum of person yeah. is just like. Some of it, it hits the nail right on the head in terms of what people are talking about, but a lot of it will surprise the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised. Um, I was surprised that I was able to connect with different people on 
just you know some somewhat immature things and then some super <laughs> like mind-boggling visionary stuff yeah. you know what i'm saying and it's just like i want to learn just what that environment is like and i feel like i'm not going to get that education down here because we don't do those things yeah. as, as much as they do yeah dc seems like it's like focused on other things i guess like yeah. as a city yeah, yeah. and it, and the creative community down here is dope um but New York is resourceful and res- okay. they're they're resourced if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they have what they need to do this whenever they want to. Yeah. And it's like here it takes a real coordinated effort. Um, you know what I'm saying? And there's there's only so many people, so many cliques and, you know, organizations that do it, collectives that do it. So up there you just have a much bigger opportunity to see a wider range of yeah. that type of stuff. So So when are you planning on bringing the HHO up to New York? That's up to New York. Um, so I guess on me <laughs> I mean it's, it's funny like um, you know I, I work at a restaurant right now I'm not ashamed to admit like I'm a back waiter right now like mm-hmm. I, I do what I do and I, I work to you know sustain my own life but I I meet people I work at this fancy vegan restaurant vegetarian restaurant so like it's a place where celebrities come in it's a place for super wealthy people and artsy hipsters and mm-hmm. like yada 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 um They'll talk about, you know, they'll talk to me about, like, oh, what do you do, blah, 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 if I have the time. And I'm like, I do this. And they're like, oh, my God, like, I need to see this. That like, seems like such a New York thing. Like, you know, like, you're working in a restaurant and people are like, so what do you actually do? Like, <laughs> There was a table of older white women who were in love with the idea. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, yo... I'll take that bag, bro. Like, <laughs> like y'all want to donate? Yeah. And it's just like... It, it it allows me to access access like the perspectives and like the the minds of people who are constantly around different forms of art yeah. who have it pushed in their face you know every fucking day so it's like when one of those people finds what I do to be exceptional and not just exceptional but surprising and interesting and like conversations starting to the point where like I'm not just your back waiter anymore I'm, yeah I'm, you know my whole name. And you don't want to talk to anybody else in this restaurant but me. Wow. If that's happened. Yeah. And you tell my manager that shit. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there was literally a moment. I sound so cocky right now. I don't care. Whatever. There was literally a moment where, like, a table had gone up to the manager and was like, everything about this restaurant sucks but him. Wow. And, like, my manager told me that with such a look on his face that I was just like, oh, so they really like you. Um, Apparently, they don't like anything else. But I'm like. You don't know how to take well. something. <laughs> you don't know how to respond to him like that. And he's just like, oh, oh um, did they not like the, you know, the food? I mean, I know how to respond to that. I know. I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in, a, in a sense. Like, it's just, um, I like I like New York. I like the freedom and the freedom of, like, mind, the peace of mind that it gives me. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, it stresses them out. Oh, yeah. But I yeah. feel like, for me, it's just like, I'm not one to really be influenced by my environment too mm-hmm. much. Like I walk into an environment and I I do I do what I do you yeah. know what I mean like especially on stage but like you know like at the restaurant I'm a part of a very tight knit system where like you have to be on your shit and that's what you focus on when I'm going home I'm not worried about getting jumped I'm not worried about this that and the third like yeah. my spot's pretty in the cut but like it's like in the in between like the cut and gentrified cut you know what I'm saying you know what I mean like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> It's like you in the hood, but it's not yeah, it's so not much the hood, the hood anymore. Yeah. But like the same people, but different people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's a hood in transition. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. 
And it's just a lot like, of DC like that. Well, I mean, most of DC's probably already gentrified, but like God, a little dog, bit too. going down Eighth Street is so sad. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. going east, but um, no. Nah, so no, nah, New York is New York is dope. I love I love doing the two cities thing. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's a good duality. Like um, I feel like DC is like a lot more homey. I mean, I can say that because like definitely. I've grown up here and yeah. like everything like that. Um, but also New York, when I go there, I just feel like the buildings are so much taller and the sidewalks are just so much wider. There's just so much more like Mm. people and happening and like, I don't know. I like that though. I like feeling like I'm always in something going on. Yeah. You know, I I like feeling like, and then on the nights where like I get off work at like midnight and nobody's on the street, nobody's on the street and at at Union Square. Yeah. in the middle and it's it's the most beautiful thing in the world mm-hmm. the buildings are still there the lights are still on but it's, it's just, peaceful yeah and you're just like this is dope <laughs> you know <laughs> that, that walk home is dope like yeah. that that it just it feels like i said homey in, in a different way mm-hmm. you know um like here no big buildings a lot of sky i didn't notice how much sky was here um <laughs> way more trees a lot of grass yeah but yeah that's that's that how did you think of this idea of like the hip hop orchestra? Like, where did that come from? Um, you know what? You're the first person who's gonna get the real answer. Oh my god! Um, I was stoned in bed. <laughs> I should put the bullhorns here. <laughs> real answer. <laughs> um, so everybody's getting a part of the answer, and mm-hmm. like the part of the answer that I tell most people is that like you know I grew up in the orchestra and I've loved hip hop and I've always wanted to combine the two. Um, yeah. But you know that's something that never felt plausible. Um, until I went to college. Um, college was a two-point grade point average below my high school graduation rate that first That's like, a lot of points. That's a whole... <laughs> that's a whole two letters. Um, so I think like my first... I think like my first semester's grades added up to like a one nine or something just... Mm. Ter- I know a similar story. Something terrible. Um, and basically I, I, it was a point where I think a lot of people reached like a quarter life crisis, but I hit mine's mad early. Mm-hmm. Um, just realizing, you know, when you learn about the dark things of your family and you learn about like yeah. some of the things that you've been through were not okay. Yeah. And then like how that, you just, it's a, once you start fam, like your world changes. And I think my world was changing in a different world where I did not feel like myself and I mm-hmm. did not. Like, at college, you didn't feel like yourself? Yeah. So, like, I'd taken up um, therapy. I did the one-on-one sessions. But I don't really like college systems, mental health systems yeah. or care systems. Mm-hmm. Um, it took six months just to get an intake. Wow. Yeah. So. You could have been gone. Like, if you had applied as a senior, you could have been gone by the time that you actually had an appointment. Exactly. So, it's a bit flawed. But it's not to their fault. They don't get funded for it. Yeah. You know, they, and they do what they can with the long list of fucked up college students <laughs> which is like all of them a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so long story shorter um <laughs> we've got time don't worry okay, just it's digital you know it's digital no nah, <laughs> we're not gonna run out of tape i just whenever i catch myself like rapping rapping just giving too many details i'm like yo wrap it up <laughs> um but so i was i was doing the 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 therapy thing and at the same time like it you know put me in a place where i thought that i could try something new um, and I just remember, like, I was just dumb stoned, like, not doing homework and tweeting 
Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I had um, I talked to my boy Sanjay about like because um, I produced for him and like nothing recorded, but like we'd hang out, and make a song, and you know he'd rap. And he would always say like, "Yo, Moody, like your beats don't, they're not repetitive enough, basically. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can't. I have a hard time listening to the same thing for sixteen bars. Yeah. In terms of production, I can't do it mm-hmm. unless like." it has hit such a vibe that you can just, like a song you put on repeat. Yeah, and, I do that a lot. <laughs> but like with my own instrumentals, like I'm used to, I'm not, the, the things that I'm used to playing and, and, and working with are moving parts, are growing parts. And it's not, you don't depend on the lyrics, you depend on the instruments that have their own personality. Yeah. And so when he said like they're moving, I was like, they're not moving enough. Like they're, there's not enough going on in this song. Yeah. Like, you just can't keep up, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Spicy! <laughs> Sanjay, if you hear this, like... <laughs> no. He's one of the best rappers I've ever met. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it was a matter of, like, creating what I wanted to hear and what I felt like was not existent at the time. Um, so, you know, I just... I'm sitting there tweeting and he's, like... he's literally coming from my life on Twitter about this production shit. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to create a hip hop orchestra. That is literally, that is. The wow. So this has just been like the result of a Twitter beef. It's a big fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> the the HH show is just one big fuck you. Um, no, it's, uh, it went, but like, you know, when you have an idea that you may just shoot off and you start yeah. actually thinking about it. Like a like, podcast. Most of, <laughs> yeah, see if you get there. No, like most of, I remember, I realized like a lot of my friends at the time, even in the building I was in, I was in this living and learning program, which was like 150, 200 kids relative to like a thousand in a building yeah. across campus. Um, and the people I had, you know, gravitated towards there turned out to be musicians. Yeah. Like, I do play the drummer. We had a piano player and a guitar player. Um, uh, uh, sophomore year, one of the dudes, uh, again, you know, played violin. He joined the group. Somebody else I knew from, who was in another program, uh, across the, across the yard was a violinist as well. And then some dude and his girlfriend, you know, it just, yeah, kind of spiraled into like just, something yeah. else. And then it just became like, why wouldn't I do this? I'm literally, I'm paying all this money every year to be, have access to the resources to be able yeah. to pull this off. So fuck it. Um, and honestly, like if you're in college and you have an idea to do anything, use that university. Literally. Literally. Like use, suck it dry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so serious. Like, yeah. I feel you because like oh. there there are people who are your age that are around you that are also creative like the same exact thing that you're saying right now it's and like, don't have shit to do if they don't have a vision for themselves and so. literally probably just don't have shit to do because there's so many hours <laughs> in the day in yeah. college like you're not going nowhere you literally <laughs> are going nowhere you're gonna be on this campus every fucking day yeah. for the next three months and it's like I don't know it made sense um, so I started talking to them I don't remember how I sent out this message or who I was talking to or like who even was the first people to like join I think like I hit up my friend Janelle she doesn't play any kind of instrument mm-hmm. but she was somebody like I consulted with we went to high school and middle school together or yeah high school and middle school together and she like decided to help me as like a secretary and like help me do the administrative stuff like print out rehearsal flyers or first meeting flyers and stuff like that yeah. and, and and take notes and you know but she 
bless her heart, we didn't, we didn't do much <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Wait, so, like, what was the first meeting like? <laughs> uh, we're in the basement of my dorm, Somerset. And um, one rapper, a drummer slash guitar player, and maybe two other people showed up. And mm. they were like, so what? what is this? You're like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I, you know, you're going to play some music. I got some software yeah. to write some shit, and we'll see how this goes. Um, eventually, you know, we it grows from there. People start hearing about it. I do a first look fair where basically you just go out with all the other student organizations. Yeah. And um, I decided to become a student organization first. Um, Which was smart, like, you know, you get yourself on the, the map. resources, like, yeah. dude. And then, like, people find you through, like, mm-hmm. you know, they look up orchestra, they look up hip-hop, or they look up music stuff. Um, and so a lot of people found me through that. And then uh, I remember the first First Look Fair, I was literally just yelling at people. Like, I saw, <laughs> like, literally oh, yelling at people. Like, I saw that everyone next to me and around me was just sitting there not doing shit and they'd try to like pop up one of those awkward like flash waves like, yeah like <laughs> make eye contact like really yeah, hard like are you coming over are you gonna talk to us when do we gotta do this versus like yo or like yo, you play an instrument like <laughs> like you wanna be on a you wanna fucking uh, like yeah. yo, you you repent like we were literally stopping people's day yeah like and they had to talk to us because we weren't letting you go. <laughs> so, like, um, with a little bit of harassment, um, we built our first. It's like, this is a very bad time to talk about harassment, like, in society. Like, maybe, at least let's say non-sexual it harassment. sexual. Like, it's just really annoying right now. Yeah, you <laughs> want to put your mouth on something? Like, <laughs> how you work that boat? Nah, um, too much, too much. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, maybe harassment wasn't a good word. Whatever. Um, <laughs> by constantly soliciting attention from passersby mm-hmm. at the first look fair. Yeah. In a very um, loud and vocally aggressive manner. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to lock down like 200 contacts. Word. And um, out of that, maybe five people <laughs> like responded and yeah. showed up. Yeah, so, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's how we really started. And then everything just kind of happened. Um, we had a Maryland Day, which is basically like our schools. Um, for those who don't know, it's like our schools like... Um, pride Day. School, school Pride Fair, yeah. Field Day, everything is happening. Come look at a School of Engineering, put together a robot car. Um, yeah. That type of stuff. Um, got a little, got popcorn and cotton candy, and uh, the Clarice Smith uh, Performing Arts Center uh, does like showcases of performance groups. Yeah. So, our first stage show was entirely packed. Like when I tell you, like we're in a theater. And that yeah. Was to the to the brim, people were standing in the aisles, and um, we had learned one song. <laughs> <laughs> We learned one song and one like cover mm-hmm. to like Chief Keef's, um, uh That's that shit I don't like. I love that song. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how long ago this was. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did a cover to that, and then we freestyled for thirty minutes. Freestyle with a mini orchestra. It's like 
I don't know. That was how was, do you freestyle with an orchestra? Because I know like jazz, like the is rhythm it, like, the section same thing? just starts playing, mm-hmm. and everybody else just throws in trills or you know whatever they're feeling. Yeah. So what's the rhythm section? That's like the drums and like the drums, percussion, keyboard, stuff. okay, and guitar, bass. Yeah. Um, all the electronic shit. Okay. Um, so it's like, I guess you can't even say that anymore because people got electronic violins and whatever, but. Um, it was dope and it was dope because it was the first time seeing like my f- immediate family like sitting next to each other for like the first time in like 10 years and like yeah. honestly like recent memory period yeah so like that was powerful yeah that was very powerful for me in terms of keeping it going and like not thinking that this was just a student group because of like them niggas can sit next to each other yeah like you know I can get Trump and Pelosi in the same room like, I mean, at least once a once a year, right? Once a year. <laughs> <laughs> at least once a year. Yo, you see her clap? <laughs> yes. Uh, but no, that was um, that was our that's that's the beginnings of the HHO, really. Right. I think that HHO, like hip hop orchestra, really catches people's eye because I heard about the first performance on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the hell is this? Like, really? sounds interesting." Yeah. Um, no, so. I know um, Kosi from high school. Okay. And I guess, like, just through that, like, you know, like, web of strings that kind of just, like, showed up on my timeline yeah. for the Arboretum performance. Yeah. So, yeah, it just caught my eye. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't have shit to do tonight. Yeah. So. No, the Arboretum was super fun. Yeah, yeah it was. It was the most unique venue we played at, period. And, like, as the sun's, like, setting and, like, this orchestra's, like, playing, like, it was, it was very beautiful. And the songs <laughs> they were doing, or we were doing, just, like, Joe's to you and... I don't know. We got some good vocalists. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a, we're super grateful to be there. Um, it was just so, just so dope. Just so awesome just to be out there in that type of place. I never thought we'd be able to play there, at least not for a while. Yeah. You know, a place like that. Yeah. That like, is almost like a specialized venue. And like, you know, they don't, they don't do shows there a lot. They've started to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they need people to go there. I feel like I feel like it's not like a popping like nobody. Yeah. Like, Yo, <laughs> um, free before eleven. Free before eleven. <laughs> <laughs> so no, nah, I think honestly, I think that's where a lot of institutions are in this area. Period. Because I think there's a real separation between, um, like, if social media was around, would museums? still be a thing like if social media was around wow. like a hundred years ago yeah didn't think about thing. that because like you wouldn't have to leave shit yeah you're like oh shit like um i already know about that <laughs> i can't touch it anyway so why do i need to go see yeah it? you know what i mean yeah. so i think that with with social media and a lot of the different ways that we can actually experience and learn about different cultures that museums are losing steam um especially with young people who grow up learning things through a screen Especially um, with having to pay for museums, mm-hmm. I feel like in DC, like whenever I go like any to any other city, I'm like, you have to pay for this. Like this is weird to me. It's you know? it's, it's it's strange. But like, part of what I want to do with the orchestra is like reconnect people to just period, um, reconnect people to each other, reconnect people to to how they feel about themselves, reconnect people to ideas and visions of the future, and like reconnect people to different ways of doing of doing things yeah and like i say reconnect and new in the same sentence because it's just like everything that we do as a culture is a rotation it's a cycle 
So when this thing comes back around, when people start getting hype about museums again, um, I want people to stay excited. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I want people to, to feel like they can go to an Arboretum or they can go to a Smithsonian and associate it with maybe a live performance or maybe um, just a generally good experience because that's what people are after for. You yeah. know, if it's not a good experience, I can do it on my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's that, about something about like being immersed. Yeah. But virtual reality. How do you how do you feel about that? Like versus like um, being like in the like, let's say like, you know, like we're in this room right now. But like if I could like have a vision of this room, how do you feel about like that um, difference? Like, I think virtual reality helps me discern whether or not that's a room I want to be in mm-hmm. versus like, have I experienced the room? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. But some people, like, equate that as, like, the same thing. I'm the type of person who really just likes to be immersed in things. Yeah. Like, I like, like, conducting with the orchestra. I'm immersed in the sound that comes out of everybody. Mm-hmm. And versus, like, just having my headphones on, doing beats. Like, a lot of producers choose buttons. I choose people. Yeah. Like, I choose, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, uh, you don't have to... If I wanted to, I wouldn't have to hit up you know a dozen 15 people every week you know what i'm saying i could just call on my buttons <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. just open my laptop and, and get busy but there's something special to me about working with so many different kinds of people to put together something so mm-hmm. different you know what i'm saying we're not the first orchestra we're not the first hip-hop orchestra you know what i'm saying but we are one of the most unique in the makeup of us yeah. and the relationships we have between ourselves and the orchestra and the amount of relationships we have outside of the group that continue to feed the group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's an artist who wants to come hang out or like a, a curator who has a show or, you know, just a friend who also plays an instrument, you mm-hmm. know, and wants to get back into it but doesn't want to play like 500-year-old music. Yeah. So, or like do some corny-ass covers. Do you think that's like something that came from your childhood? Like your parents kind of like taught you about like instead of just like watching things to do things or like to be like, how oh, did you sure. get like involved in, I guess, that ideal? I mean, my dad was a preacher. So I was a preacher's kid always around people, like, mm-hmm. especially like, but as like, as the PK, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to fucking, you know, shit holy water. So it's like... <laughs> so how did that work out? Yeah, <laughs> stressful. It's like, um, but like, I think I've carried a very um, strong attachment to the power of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And in the sense that like... Um, Some some places have terrible leadership, but the people who are being led, whether or not it's astray, keep that place afloat, mm-hmm. period. So it's like, I, I learned that at a very young age, and especially knowing like a lot of the hypocrisies that go on in the church um, and in and certain systems, Yeah. Um, which is a reason why I really wanted to build my own. Because I have a huge problem taking direction from somebody I don't respect. Yeah. Or somebody or culture or something that I just don't feel. Yeah. And um, something that I feel is taking more away from me than it's giving me or than it's a place.
applying to the world. So I assume that you're not religious now. No, I'm pretty religious. I'm okay. not Christian per se. Okay. Um, the the new word that people are using is like spiritual. <laughs> I am spiritual. Yeah. Um, but like in a sense that like I do believe in God. Like, yeah. I do believe in, I don't believe like there's like, I believe that all of it's not mutually exclusive. So is it like you're religious, but like you don't like. I don't like the, the system of the church. Of Christianity. Yeah. I don't like what it's empowered. I don't like what it has justified. I don't yeah. like what it's excused. I don't like what it continues to do to That's people a word every right there. single day. Yeah. Um, and I don't like what you know what it's done to my family, and in a in a way, you know what I mean. So, I just I like for what it's exposed me to in terms of just general education about people and you know what they're. <laughs> what what happens in a place like that yeah um i like it for the fact that like it exposed me to great music i like that it's given my mom something to you know as an outlet she's been in the choir since i've been a lot yeah you know what i mean so it's it's a place for her to 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 be happy um it's uh it's a good community of people but again it's the people it's not the system yeah you know it's it's the people who call you and pray for you and and you know meditate about you and like you know i'm spiritual in the sense that i think prayer is a form of meditation Mm -hmm. like i'm spiritual in the sense that i think that like there is a connection between the pathways in our brains and the stuff that happens up there and the things we call vibes and the things we call (laughs) god you know what i mean like emotions humans have electric or like fields of electricity around them all the time yeah um is that what like kinetic energy is that i'm not but like (laughs) i watch a lot of conspiracy shit on netflix like that um and just like the different things i picked up in school and just my own research like i've I've found that like a lot of the cultures really overlap a lot of the religions overlap yeah and a lot of the science if applied to those religions would explain a lot of things so i don't know I just, I, again, like, I think about those things in a way that I think, you know, would would just make sense to me. Yeah, so do you um, go to church now, or do you have time to? I go to church when my mom asked me to. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> like, Same boat. If she ever um. wants me to come out, like, all right, mom, you pick me up from New York. I'll come down. Yeah. Um, but no, I uh, I don't. It's just, it doesn't, like, I, I feel closer to God when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. And... You know, when I'm with the right people. Yeah. I think that, like, everything that I've experienced with religion and with school and with a lot of the systems that, like, I see so many faults in. But I've also learned a lot from, like, has motivated me and, like I said, empowered me to create my own. And, Mm -hmm. like, with music, I just feel like it's such a fundamental thing. It's, like, it's just emotion. Yeah. If you don't feel it, don't do it. I'm kind of going back to, like, leadership. What do you think makes a good leader? Consistency. That's it? Consistent positive <laughs> impact. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Um, what are things that you try to avoid? A lack of consistency. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do I try to avoid? Um, undermining myself. Mm-hmm. Um, by saying something and behaving in a different way. I try to... I mean, honestly, like it, you know, I'm not trying to be coy, but like literally just avoid... A lack of consistency. Yeah. Because um, um, I was thinking earlier about when you said that somebody else is, like, now composing the music for um, Hip Hop Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Did you, like, was it hard for you to, like, kind of relinquish that control? It would have been two years ago. Mm-hmm. But now that so many things are happening at one time, fuck no. 
<laughs> like, if I could have somebody do, like, my, my goal is to literally have an administrative team so I can yeah. only write music. Yeah. I love the feeling of conducting. I don't like the action of it. It's like, you know, like, I love weed, but I'm not necessarily a fan of smoking. And yeah. Like, it's, um, it's a means to, to, to my dreams. Um, and then, I don't know, I was just, I wish I had a bigger team to take on some of the things that, like, there are things that you don't have to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't have to be the one to hit everybody up, I don't have to be the one to print the music, I don't have to be the one to tell people that it's, you know, uploaded. Yeah. I don't need to be the nigga to upload it. I really wish I had a bigger team. Yeah. Um, I think that would make life a lot easier, and that would make me, would allow me to just focus on my actual life more, versus having to do so much to... Support to, this... Yeah. Experience. Yeah. And it's it's something that's teaching me a lot. And, you know, the more I, I do these things, the more I learn how to, like, it won't feel so heavy. Yeah. So it's just, it's either time or team. And hopefully both make both easier. Yeah. It's deep. I think, I think that it. both, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I caught him. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I watched a 2 chains interview today where he, like, said something like, sometimes you got to look in a mirror and let these niggas know who you are. And then Joe Budden was like, what? <laughs> and then he was like, he's like, it just got deep. T. Chase is a philosopher, I think. I think he's honestly one of the best rappers, like, in terms of being a whole person. Like. Cause he's like, he's started the rap game pretty late for like a typical rapper. He's got like so a PhD like he, too. He's really fucking smart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You gotta be smart to start rapping at 40. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's like, I actually don't know how old T-Chains is. He's like in his 30s, is. I think. Like, I don't, like, I don't quote shout me. Shout out to T-Chains, though. You know. Yeah. All love here. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like um, growing up as a preacher's kid? Um, especially, like, when your dad is divorced, because, like, that seems like that's already, like, part of a controversy. controversy. Um, so he wasn't divorced back then. Oh. Um, or I guess after, like, moving to Maryland, like, yeah, totally divorced. Mm-hmm. I feel like I may have had a unique experience. Uh, I've talked to different PKs um, I've met over the years. And that's like the... Peaches kid. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's like the terminology that's you guys the, yeah, use. Like that's, the in, that's what we use. In group slingo. You know slingo. what I'm saying? Like you can't, you can't say PK because you're not a PK. <laughs> in group slingo? <laughs> like what is that? It's slang and I was trying to... Over. I know. Like, <laughs> why am I like this? Slingo could. <laughs> Um, not nah, so it was it was a very unique experience for me. Um I think it was cool seeing like you know, the the man behind the glass, you know, the the, the man behind the machine. And what is the, what is the appropriate metaphor for that one? It has something to do with the Wizard of Oz. Uh the man, man, the man, the behind, man behind, behind the, the machine, right? Or the maybe behind something. Behind the magic? I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. You I, see the man. <laughs> um, you know the man. Yeah. Um, and I think that with wow, now that I think, I want to know what it is. Like I don't know yeah. what the thing that you are behind, the man behind the. To be fair, I've seen Wicked. I can't really remember like <laughs> can't remember the the Wizard of Oz. I saw the Wiz. So. I didn't see the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I saw the Wiz. Um, <laughs> Wizard of Oz is boring as shit. Yeah, I feel like um, but it's trash. Like it is a trash movie. It has terrible messaging, and like I feel like at any moment, like she could just die. Like all three of them could just and just like I don't know. 
It just has a really rapey vibe. Wait, The Wizard of Oz? Yes. Oh. Has a super rapey vibe. <laughs> like, I mean, I've, I've never. They're dancing and frolicking with her in the poppy fields, which is like, you know, you get cocaine from that. So it's just like, yeah, you get. Oh. You didn't know? I didn't know it was a poppy field. It's like, a poppy field. Oh. Did, did they say that in the they, movie? I, I'm pretty sure they oh. like say it, but like. Okay. I didn't know there was poppy in Kansas. Maybe they weren't in, they weren't in Kansas They weren't anymore. in Kansas anymore, fam. <laughs> <laughs> they're in. <laughs> <laughs> They're in eyes or whatever the fuck. Um, no, nah, just mad rapey. The Wiz was yeah. dope, though, because um, it felt like she was... Because Michael like, Jackson was in it. Yeah, but also, like, <laughs> Diana Ross, her character felt like she was had more control over the situation yeah. versus, like, oh, me, oh, my, all the time. She was like, oh, me, oh, my, but hold on. <laughs> like, but let's evaluate. And yeah, yeah. Um, no, I... Uh, being a PK... My dad, let's just say a lot of the dark shit I found out about in college had come from him. Well, shit. So. So is that what like brought you to seeking like therapy and everything? Or was that, was that before that? Um, I think I went to therapy because of everything. Yeah. Um, I didn't find out about all of those specific things like dealings in the church and um so that's a, a rack of shit you just never want to know about your mm-hmm. dad i didn't find that out till maybe a year or two ago and that okay. just flipped my whole world but like i had already i'm i'm grateful for having gone to therapy first yeah because i had learned you know coping mechanisms yeah, and, yeah. healthy you yeah. know that wasn't you know just fucking smoking or drinking it out yeah. you know I, I did a, i realized i did a lot of that in high school mm-hmm. so like where i feel like now like even even now like people you know really turned up in college but like post-grad like a lot of people are just finding their social stride especially when it comes to substances and it's like that's accurate <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are you know i get hit up you know like let's go out let's get fucked up like and i'm just like I did that when I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I did that. that before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I just, I'm, I'm grateful for having gone through what I went through at such a young age because it taught me how to say no and how to discern yeah. between, not even to people, but to my own bad thoughts. So, and I'm still, I'm still fighting that fight every day. But like, I think that growing up as a preacher's kid, influenced that in a way that like it made me it furthered my disbelief in systems yeah that's what i was thinking i feel like it makes you skeptical really early for sure oh my god (laughs) like i haven't i haven't like decided to really tell that side of the story fully yeah but when i do like there's time my god it's just um like just just you know be weary of your preachers I and feel like spiritual leaders. Period. Yeah, it's weird. Um, like, cause you know, like when you're growing up, I grew up in church and everything, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, like your parents are like, listen to pastor, and it's like, wait a minute, pastor's dad. Like, how who's, do you? Who's this nigga? Yeah. Like, like, okay, you grew up in. <laughs> but the then church. you see like that dichotomy of like, oh, this is who you are when you're on stage, but then when you come home, you're a different person. So. I can only imagine, like, and then everybody is, like, looking up to this person. And expecting you to behave well for this person who they expect is behaving well at yes, all times. Yeah, yeah. When in your head, you're like, 
<laughs> like if you, yeah, I could blow this whole shit up right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, and so it's just like, it's 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 very it's different. You know what I'm saying? It, I think it also like hit me with a sense of entitlement at a young age. Ooh, that's not good. No, not at all. Yeah. Because I think as a PK, everybody's looking out for you. You got the community yeah. at your disposal. Anything goes wrong, wham, mm-hmm. help. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the PK. Come yeah. to my aid. Peasant. Like, no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, Looking down at other kids like Blue Ivy. Whose child are you? Like, <laughs> fucking young little monarch just causing havoc. Yeah. But I was a kid that, like, you know, I watched wrestling like every other boy back then. I watched... Um, or every other socialized boy yeah. back then. Um, I was super antsy. I can't sit or stand still unless I'm talking or doing something. I got kicked out of karate. Like, because you had to fucking stand there the whole time and oh. just fucking watch and listen. And I'm just like, why am I here? Um, <laughs> like, I don't know if you know, but my dad is pastor. So I don't think I have to. <laughs> I don't have to stand here like you like, all like do. This, have to stand like, here. Like, you guys. I'll just sit and play my game and get my black belt. Well, um, <laughs> you know, it just it hit me with a sense of entitlement that I had to really check because it checked me in very various moments mm-hmm. um, or in multiple moments. But um, I don't know. I had to. It's just it's a lot about being a PK that like is dope. You know, you you get some privileges and like. You could spend one service in the office watching Sunday morning cartoons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you could bring the N64. Yeah. And like, while, you know, Where? praise and worship's going on, you yeah. see you smashing it out. Were there any things that you weren't allowed to do, like, as a kid that, like, normal kids were allowed to do as, like, a preacher's kid? Like... <laughs> I'll just give a very specific example. There was a wrestler, WWE, WWF back then. His name was X-Pac. Mm-hmm. He used to do this move where he would cross his arms like above his chest and then slap him down across his crotch. Yeah. And it was suck it. Yeah. Like you just say like it was before he would do his special move in the ring or when he would come out and he'd just be like, suck it. (laughs) So my little six, seven, eight year old self was like, this nigga is (laughs) dope. So I would go to random people in church on like a, yep, got my ass beat that day Um, and just be like, hey, suck it. (laughs) And then like the little eight year old preacher's kid is going around church telling everybody to suck it. And like, and like in my head, it was I'm the wrestling. wrestler. I yeah. was, was X Pac. Yeah. Why is this a bad thing? Why are y'all upset right now? Why are you about it? Why are you telling my father? You don't gotta do that. Yeah. Like <laughs> you don't gotta do that. Um, I will have you excommunicated. I- <laughs> <laughs> you like getting your plate when you get it after church, don't you? <laughs> um, nah. Never had that kind of strange Joffrey power. Yeah. Um, and I was never a Joffrey ass nigga, but like. I definitely, there were things that, like, I got punished for twice as much because I was a PK. Yeah. Versus, like, you know, I probably would have gotten sat down and told, like, that's not appropriate. Yeah. But I literally almost, I, I had damaged the reputation of the church's leader. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that's the thing. I feel like with my kids, I want to sit down and talk to them more mm. instead of, like, 
whooping ass. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you don't learn anything. It's like, all right, so do it, like, sneakier next time. Like, what? Like, do you understand why that's not okay? Like, I'm learning that, like, after a certain point, you just associate behaviors with violence and not necessarily something you shouldn't do. So, the church is how you got into music? Yeah, I'd say that. Never thought about that before. Is it not, or? Um... It's the first place I felt music. Mm-hmm. It was like when you were talking like, about your mom being in the choir. I was like, oh, so that's like where you kind of... There's there's so many moments. Um, musical moments I remember in the church. And um, it's because of the way the choir sang. It's what they sound like, but it's what they looked like mm-hmm. when they were singing. They looked like it was, they were It was the emotion that you're talking about. With demons out in this mother. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was... It's not just singing. It was expulsion of all of the everything you know and like that's that's the music like i really gravitate towards yeah and like i really like um, it's like that music that like makes you feel that thing in the back of your head like yeah and that that makes you you know that clears your sinuses <laughs> like <laughs> it's that music that like makes you either wish you could feel that or experience that moment or would make you grateful that you didn't yeah you know and it's like I don't know that it's just it's the first place I felt the power of music Mm -hmm. you know like and I think that a lot of the ways that like music has developed has come from the church so it's like especially church drummers the most underrated musicians in all of music not in my book but yeah probably so what instruments do you play are you are you a drummer is this what (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a drummer I started learning how to play the drums when I was like um like nine yeah ten years old and in church um they had like held these sessions. Me and my brother used to go, um, and the timing was perfect because it was at the same time as Bible study. Yeah. So my mom would be upstairs doing a Bible study. We, you know, do our thing on the drums. At the end, everybody pray together and go home. Um, so I learned the drums. My main instrument is the viola. I've been playing that way more consistently um, since like third grade. Um, but that was like it was a mistake. What? Was a mistake. Why? Not a huge mistake. It was a mistake that led me to where I'm at. But <laughs> I um got a lot of those. I wanted to play the cello. Oh. I really wanted to play. I still do want to play the cello with every bone in my body. Um, it's not too late. For my bank account. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know that shit can change too. Um, but I I thought that a viola was a cello. So I said viola. Oh. And then we get to the store, and I still, I still hold on to how incredibly heart sinking it was to like have them put this small ass case on the counter. Yeah. And be like, this is what you bought. You're like, so does it expand? Is it like you know like? <laughs> Do I put it in water? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, is it like how does this shit work? How does, yeah. how does wood function? Um, but no, so I just. Uh, I learned how to play the viola, and honestly, like, it is the best mistake I've ever made. Um, because nobody interviews violas. Nobody talks to violas. Nobody hears a viola. Nobody even... A lot of people don't even know a viola is a thing. It was it was just so unheard of. And so, like, I get it, and then I'm learning that, like, the parts you get are never the solos. They're never the melodies. Uh, you're always the harmony. You're always in the back. You're always, you know, in the in the... You're supporting. And you as a preacher's kid, you know, you're just like, I'm used to being seen. What's good? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to play the secondary ass role, but it was the humbling that I needed. Yeah. You know, it was, it was like, 
you need to listen to everybody to know where your part fits mm-hmm. because your part literally makes no sense by itself. Yeah. So um, I think that really helped me relinquish some of that entitlement. It also helped me, you know, listen to everybody and like really take time to not play as loud, but to take in what was going on around me so I could push it further with yeah. what it is that I was doing. And I guess you say that because now you're a composer, so like now you're you gotta do everything. Yeah. You have, you have so it prepared you to be a composer or is, am I am I reaching too far right now? Um you're skipping some steps, but okay. you're not reaching. Yeah. Okay. Um I think that like it just taught me how to listen more. Yeah. Um and it taught me where to play my role. It taught me that when it is time to play, you better fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not going to get too many opportunities to play the melody. Yeah. And I think like that's true in life. You know what I mean? Especially in places of where there's a lack of privilege. You're not going to get too many times to, to A, change the tone of what's going on. And sometimes you do need to just shut the fuck up. Like, and take in the environment and then decide how it is you intend to affect it. Yeah. And I think that, like, as I think about... I've, I've been asked this question multiple times over the years. And it's like, as I think about it, like, it just gets deeper every time to where, like, I felt like if I honestly played the violin, I'd be a huge asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Because my ego is already out the window. It still kind of is sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not... I'm growing. But, <laughs> but I just... I just, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for having taken that position and having taken up that instrument and learning how to not be, you know, center stage. Uh-huh. Um, because that's, that's the majority of life. And, you know, if the other, when that other time comes, I'll be ready. So, and it's just like right now, carrying in everything that I'm doing right now, the plans, the, the strategy, the, listening the taking you know inventory of resources and of just everything that like all the contributing factors that like have brought me where I am right now what are those yeah how can I what can I do to further those resources for those people and the resources the people that those resources affect but also how can I make it so that like I'm more efficient with what is what it is I have. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I not... How can I waste less? Yeah. You know? And so that others can do more. Yeah. And, or like, what can I provide for them to do, do more? That's why, I like, consistency super important. Um, this morning, my old-ass laptop that my friend Obi is let me using crashed mid-composition. And I was Yikes. almost done with it, and I had to print it out for yeah. rehearsal this morning. So when you say made composition, like you have like a just have a like software. Yeah. okay, so it just like puts little dots where <laughs> yep, the yep, lines and yeah. the connect. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It's just like uh, it's just like production software. It's where? just like editing, you know, your sound. Yeah. Um, where okay. when you edit sound, you have like one line. Yeah. You know, and you just got clip, cut, move. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one instrument's music. Oh my god! I just realized the the gravity of like what you do. So you have to like make it for every single instrument. Yeah. Every single time. Every single time. Oh, that's 
And it's like the way that you mess with the sound. And, yeah. You know, you pull out the the fuzz in the back. Like you have to make sure that they're playing mezzo forte right there mm-hmm. and not fortissimo. Or you have to make sure that they're crescendoing and that there's an adagio so they know. It's it's just like you have to paint the sound so that they can see it clearly enough to play it for yeah. the people. I've like um Oh, wow. Okay, so I was thinking, I have, like, a thing about, like, like books versus movies. Mm-hmm. So when um, an artist writes a book, they, like, kind of, like, draw a picture for you to color in yourself. But when a director makes a movie, it's already colored in. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of, like, telling people how to color in a picture. Composition is the coloring of the picture. Conducting is the direction and the feeling in of the... No. Composition is the creation of the lines. Mm-hmm. Conducting is filling in that space. Yeah. And telling people how dark that should be or how, you know, how, how fast they need to go right there. Yeah. Like, you can color outside the lines here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can get a little scratch, a little crunch. You know? Yeah. You can swing this beat and it can, you know, look on the outside. Or I need you to crescendo. I need you to make this gradient. You know what I mean? Like, I need mm-hmm. this uh, uh, to go from a, a soft blue to a hard pink. Yeah. I need you to do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> or like... Okay. And I just, uh, and it's about conducting, you know. So, like, the music starts with me, the, the conducting and the articulation starts with me, but that message has to be received by them in a way that they understand and they have to be skilled enough to bounce it back to the audience. Yeah. Because it's like, it's like music me, they read it, I conduct it, they play it, and they hear it, and they say boo. Great, <laughs> and like that's a lot of trust involved in like that sort of relationship. <sighs> I just, I don't know I, I don't know where I want to go with this question, but like it's like it's mad stressful. How do you how do you like handle that? Like is like do you find yourself very trusting in life, or like is it hard to like? Fuck no. So, but like then your musicians, like you find like a more trusting relationship with them. I carry this idea that like if you're present, it's where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and maybe not in all things, everybody has their obligations. Um, but I think with the orchestra, my trust is that, damn, this might sound cocky, but this is the only thought that's on my mind. Well, <laughs> my music is so dope that they want to play it. Yeah, and they want to play it right, I guess. And that the vision behind the group is so, so tangible, but also. Intangible, you know, it's just it's so, but like it, it makes so much sense. Like, what we do tangibly is connect people of different cultures in one room. Sometimes that room's the Kennedy Center or the Arboretum or yeah. Afropunk. Shit's crazy. Mm-hmm. And the hope is they start fucking with each other. Like I, I do care that people like our music. Yeah, that people enjoy what we do. But what I really want people to see. It's kind of what I grew up around, at least in Colombia, which was a bunch of people who are so different, who can hop on a stage and pop the fuck off. Yeah. Without any problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the the coming together of people. Yeah. To it's um the to whole. To just have fun, like we literally. Yeah. Just, the, um, the, the quote, like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. And but what makes us different is that like our whole reflects the sum of our parts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have dress codes for shows. Yeah. I don't want people to mask themselves. 
because the whole point in the way that I make music is that I do it as honest as I can. So me telling somebody to be or do something other than what would contribute to the sound, um, why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I tell you to look like this? Why would I tell you? Because you have to come in here raw. You know what I'm saying? You have to step on that stage raw as fuck. Yeah. That's why, like, that's what I have so much respect with, like, rap and, like, a lot of, like, anti-genres, anti period. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, they come on stage, they rip their shirt off, they shake their ass. You know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> they, do, <laughs> they do whatever they want to do on that stage. Yeah. And it's felt because it's real. It's them. This is who I am. Like, and, I'm not like, change. just come you. Like, just, Yeah. Just come, just be yourself on that stage. Just play, yes, please play my music. <laughs> please learn this shit. And not all of it's mine. Some of it's theirs. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's everybody contributes in such a way that there is no way that what we're presenting is not us. You know what I'm saying? There is no way that what we're presenting is something else other than who we are. Because that's all we have. Yeah. That is lit. We're not resourced. We're not funded. We're not this. We hop on a stage. We rehearse where you're sitting. We, and yeah, that that was crazy to me. I was like, when you said like the rehearsals at this place, and I was like, wait, this oh yeah, house. welcome to our space. <laughs> like, that couch, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this, this is our rehearsal exactly. space, you know. And then the partnership with Chuck Levins was a godsend. Yeah, like they gave us. I'm not gonna tell the details, but they are so genuinely supportive of artists. Yeah, in the area, you know, I'm saying without exploiting themselves. Because I know like some organizations really open themselves up and then they start getting hit up by 20,000 different rappers mm -hmm. talking about, can you sponsor me? I think what Chuck Levins does and what more organizations could do is just reach out and be a friend yeah. to some of these groups. Yeah. Reach out and be a resource to some of these groups without acting and manipulating like a label. Yeah. Or without the uh, the kind of authoritative oversight where they're you telling to you to yeah, do something like, else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Versus just be like, yourself. They just want us to come in, rehearse, do us, perform, and, you know, possibly <laughs> bring some more attention to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's, not, it's not a case of like, all right, we have to hit this market goal, and if you don't, you're going to be out by June. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like that. It's like, I fuck with y'all. I like what you're going. I like what's going on here. I need you. I want to see what happens. Like we have, there's no instruction. Where? I want to see what happens, and I think that's the type of curiosity that when this works out, because the plan. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, when this works out, I hope it becomes. I hope it spearheads a new type of relationship between institutions and artists yeah because in a place like this where institutions are falling off and artists have a very difficult way of coming up like that partnership cuts both of those problems you know what i'm saying like okay you're an institution you need more people i'm dope i got a following bring me in oh you're an artist you need a place and resources to do stuff we got nobody coming in here yeah so all right <laughs> you know do program the space for us and I, I just, I hope that's uh, what this becomes is just an example from, an, an example for a new type of, of pipeline. So where do you, where do you want to be with Hip Hop Orchestra, like, in the next year, the next five years? Um, hmm. 
Um, next summer, I want to be on a Coachella lineup. Um, wow. And I say Coachella because that's the first one that came to mind. Yeah. But I want to be at that level of festival. Mm-hmm. You know, small print. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Childish Gambino. We're on the paper, are we? Yeah, we're fucking paper. <laughs> so like, that's where I want to be in a year. And I think that if we if we hit, um, if we do all the things that um, I think we can do, till then, if we, if all the people who said they're gonna do the things that they said they're gonna do, do them. Mm-hmm. If we invest our money properly, into creating more. And or to unlocking just bureaucratic doors. Yeah. Um, I don't see why within the next year to three, we wouldn't be on one of those lists. Word. Um, just thinking about how much the music has grown, how much more consistent everyone has gotten. Yeah the opportunities that just keep getting better. Our rate keeps going up. Dog. It seems like a very bright future. I'm excited for it. It is. It's it's bright, but it's bright dependent on a few things that are out of my control. And Mm -hmm. I just want to keep trying to getting prepared and keep trying to up myself. I think the most important thing is having the vision. You know, I've asked you all these questions. Do you have any questions for me? Wow, yeah, why? Why what? Why this? Why podcast? Why yeah. why um, why this podcast? Why this concept? Why uh, why are why are you doing this? Why I think you, it's why right. are you here? Why are you talking to me? Why'd you come to my show? Why are you alive, fam? <laughs> like Um, so I would say like this podcast is about meeting people. Mm-hmm. It's about realizing humanity exists in everyone around you. Mm-hmm. It's about um like understanding that everybody around you has something to offer you even if it's just conversation and how you can learn things from people just by talking to them, just by sharing about yourself with them. Um, It's about relating to people. And I think that um, we don't talk to people who are outside of our, I guess what, like, I don't know how to say this, like designated groups enough, like, you know, like out of our age range, out of our race, out of our, okay, here we go. (laughs) Um, We just high five, (laughs) y'all. So, yeah, I just, I kind of want to try and, like, bring people together through a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's why. <laughs> You're doing a good job, dude. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you. Good time. But, I, um, um, are there any other questions that you have? Um, no, I just want to thank you for, you know, allowing me to feel comfortable enough to be honest about shit. Well, and thank you for letting me, like, well, thank you for trusting me, I guess yeah, I would have to I just, say. I want to, <laughs> this wasn't my first interview, but it, yeah. was, it was one of the most comfortable um, and I think that like one I'm trying to be more honest with what it is that like you know people ask about the journey because the more I keep from people the more that someone out there who's lived through some same shit is keeping from themselves maybe exactly even. is stopping themselves from yeah. doing this because they think that the shit they go through is, is, is too much to to continue yeah. to chase a dream and in interviews in the future I'll I'll, I'll definitely disclose more but my life kind of was trash for a long time. <laughs> like, and it made me a trash person for a long time. And I, was, I had to fix a lot of shit about myself and my situation. And 
get away from a few things and yeah. start to do a few things. So if you're out there like you're thinking that you're to this or you're to that or this is not for you because of something somebody told you, fuck that person, do it. And and just do things that you have ideas for. Like yeah. the worst thing you can do is fail. And honestly, like if you fail, like people probably won't even remember it a year from now. So I can remember <laughs> it tomorrow because niggas <laughs> fail every day. <laughs> like this is I don't know. I just and I've had failures many. The people who are in the orchestra right now were not. Most of the people who are in the group right now were not there. When, actually, no, not a single person I started with is in the group now. Yeah, not a single person. And. I don't know, I feel like that stops people too, but I'm gonna let you go. Um, All right. Well, go. Um, so I just want to say thank you again for you know accommodating me also. Um, and if you have any social media that you want to share, oh, you yeah. can do that here. Um, so you can find the DMV Hip Hop Orchestra at DMV H H O D M, like Michelangelo V, like Victor H H O. And you can find me personally at Mr. Schmoody. That's it. Um, M I S T E R S H M O O D Y at Mr. Schmoody. Um, you know, I want to. On give Twitter a, and Instagram? Yeah. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Words Beats in Life, super dope organization teaching kids hip hop for free in the city. And when I say teaching hip hop, I mean like rapping, DJing fucking uh break dancing um graffiti they have a, their own graffiti wall and it's in dc um i want to give a shout out to my dmv hho fam i want to give a shout out to my mama i want to give a shout out to my mama again <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure i said it just to make sure i said it <laughs> um i, I want to I give a shout out to every artist in the dmv photographer rapper conductor poet designer like things are really about to change for us on a very grand scale and i know things may not look like it but it's because you're still working that it is going to change so don't fucking stop let's get you'll it fuck it up for everybody <laughs> it's like let's get this <laughs> so, go get your bag bro like yeah. keep keep working everybody and- keep working um last question <laughs> any projects that you're working on i have enough music to drop three eps Wow. Um, outside of the orchestra. Yeah. Um, some of those songs will be orchestral or DMV HHO songs that we perform. Um, we have a show. Actually, yeah, you'll be the first to hear this um, outside of the group. We have a show March 7th um, at the Smithsonian Postal Museum. Where? Like right next to Union Station? Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's pretty. So um, they want us to come and do like a photo shoot. They're going to close down the museum. That's awesome. That'd be yeah. fucking crazy. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I'm trying to say it all cool. Like, yeah, they're just going to be, you know. Yeah, whatever. It's just, you know, it's come free. through. Just come, um. You know, we're just going to roll through, you know, do some fuck. But no, this is fucking sick. This is crazy. <laughs> like, I never thought, like, we're going to have a whole museum to ourselves to just do crazy shit. And oh. um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, should be announced soon. Um, it's literally less than a month away. But, yeah, um, it's right around my birthday. But that's about me. But um. <laughs> <laughs> come through for your birthday. Come, come have a good time. We got some new music. We'll be playing. Why wow, I sound like I'm from Baltimore? We got some new music. Um, <laughs> nah, but uh, we got a show on March seventh. Um, we applied to perform at the Funk Parade. I hope we get in. We performed there twice, and uh, we're way better than we were back then. So hopefully we can find a way to, I don't know, lock some shit down. All right. Keep working. So come see us. 
March 7th, Postal Museum, Washington, D.C. I think it's at like 6 o'clock. That word. It might be before it starts, but at least you'll be there, fam. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's wrap this up. So if you guys would like to subscribe to the podcast, then you can do that. Y'all better subscribe. (laughs) At soundcloud.com slash Podcast. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you would like to follow the podcast, you can do that at Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or just something that you want to share, you can direct those emails to ntmypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week.